just keep coming back. This is Fluid Truth, and I'm attorney Shirley Skyers Thomas. We explore a simple question of whether there is equity in the justice system. The content offered in this segment is personal reflection and interpretation. The views of my guests are not necessarily the views of Fluid Truth or Quinnipiac University. For clarity, this conversation has been edited. My guest today is Dr. Angela Skyers. She is an assistant dean of admissions and student affairs. Having worked in education, higher ed, and in the corporate arena, she has a very informed perspective on the state of equity in a myriad of spaces. We discussed what has been done and what can be done in higher education. We had a great talk and brought our authentic selves right here at Fluid Truth. And my guest today is Dr. Angela Skyers. Dr. Skyers, welcome to Fluid Truth. I'm so glad that you're joining me today. Thank you for having me this evening. Thank you. So I'd like to start with just an overview of who you are and how you come to this work. So please share with us how you come to this work and who are you anyway? All right. Well, um, I am Angela Skyers. I am the Assistant Dean uh, of Admissions and Student Affairs at the University of St. Joseph School of Pharmacy and Physician Assistant Studies. I am not a pharmacist and I'm not a PA, um, but my leadership abilities um, really allowed me to um, be able to use my transferable skills from uh, other experiences uh, as well as corporate America to um, lend itself to higher ed. So you're definitely no novice to this work. I mean, I know you have years and years that you'll be sharing with us years of your experience, but just a little snippet of it. But when you think equity, what comes to mind when we think about equity in the spaces that you've been able to contribute to coming from corporate, stepping into higher ed for all these years, as you look forward to the future, equity, what comes to mind for you? Well, that's a really big question. It's a very big question that I'm sure we could talk about for hours. Um, but I'd like to draw on just the, the small quote uh, or example that one of your previous guests used. And it really resonated with me, um, well, for about the past week or so. But he shared that equity was not giving everyone the same thing, but giving people what they need, everyone what they need at a specific time. And I think that... Um, that's very profound. It's it's very true. And in my experiences, I think that people have struggled to understand what people need. There's been a discomfort with uh, trying to understand what people in general, but more specifically, what people of color um, need. It's, uh, equity is more than just filling a seat with a certain demographic. Um, giving people what they need is more than presenting people on a beautiful brochure to say, hey, we have women of a certain demographic or men of a certain demographic. It really lends itself to really trying to understand um, what and how to give people what they need so that they can become their best selves and to give institutions what they need, the best of themselves. So when we think about this in the context of educational spaces, um, how does that really play out in terms of giving students, giving staff, giving the faculty what they need to show up as their authentic and best selves? I think you have to be intentional about wanting to know what 
students and faculty and staff need. Um, and being intentional starts with a conversation, having authentic conversations, asking questions that you're not afraid of knowing the answers to. Um, so if, if you're specifically asking me as a, as a woman of color, as a black woman, what I need, then I think being prepared to hear my answer is something that you should be prepared to, uh, to receive. I think you hit on something that's kind of hard hitting right now, because how many times do we ask even simplistic, really, really simple? How are you? Yeah. And we walk away. Yeah. <laughs> how you doing? And keep on going. Don't even want to know the answer to how are you? Right. Much less, how can I serve you in this moment? What do you need from this institution in this moment? So I think you're really hitting it on the head when you talk about being prepared to hear the response of that. Right. So how did that show up in your life? What have you seen in your experiences of this equity lens or being prepared to hear the response? Mm. Um, well, it's run the gamut. And I think that really those that do it well, meaning those that are prepared to hear um, the response, those folks become better mentors to, to people of color um, or to people in general. Those who are not as prepared to hear the answer sort of uh, fade into the background or your response fades into the background. So they really don't hear nor do they really care about how you feel. So it's just a general question that's, that's, that's asked, but um, the response is not one that is taken into consideration, uh, serious consideration. Um, I've had mentors or I've reported to people who have cared about how I am and what they could do to help me further my career um, and those who did not care as much. And so um, I've had I've had uh, a lot of that, um, you know, on both ends. Um, I try to coach students as best I can. I try to listen to what they're saying and offer uh, the best level of, of advice that I can to them because I've been in their shoes. Um, it, it's important to be able to serve as a mentor to all students. Uh, they need to draw from your experiences and from their knowledge in order to have the best educational experiences possible. So I'm very intentional with, with students. Um, I'm very intentional with my colleagues listening to what they have to say and offering advice where necessary or where they want it, because sometimes they just want an ear. And so you have to be really aware and present when you're dealing even with your colleagues. Um, so that's how I've been able to navigate those, those uh, channels. And as we think about this further, I'm really struck by how you've come to that realization because uh, we've had some conversations offline that they don't teach you how to show up like that. There is no instructional manual that says this is how you show up. So I'm wondering what were those experiences that may have taught you this is what really empathy looks like or this is what consideration looks like and just being available for either your colleague, for yourself, for your mentees. So where did you get that from? You know, <laughs> In, in higher ed, it's a lesson that uh, I've had to learn not as easily. Um, I'm, I'm an observer. 
and I love to watch and observe people and I love to um, try to understand why people behave the way they do or how, why people respond the way they do. Words matter to me. Actions matter to me. Um, and so um, over the years, you you make missteps and, and sometimes you learn from those missteps and sometimes um, you have successes in responding um, the way that you do. But um, and those are lessons that you learn along the way. You know, I, I love to read. Um, I love to um, listen to people who have more experience than I do. And so uh, along the way, I've picked up jewels and, and lessons that I've been able to implement um, successfully along the way. And then I teach other people what I do know. And I'm still in the process of learning. I think, um, you know, as an educator or as a professional in general, once you feel that you've stopped learning, then you automatically stop growing. Um, and so I'm always as a seat in the seat of both an educator and also uh, as a student. So to pivot for a second, and I, I really love that. Once you start learning, you stop growing. And once you stop growing, I think we might be done on this yeah. earth, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but to pivot for just a second, in our higher educational spaces, sometimes we don't see the equity that we desire. Sometimes we don't see the diversity that we desire. Sometimes we don't see the expansion that we desire. How are you able to step into this role or any role and really offer that expansion and that that education that is so well needed right now? Mm, that's a very good question. Diversity or, or stepping into spaces where you would like to offer um, themselves or lend themselves and their experiences um, in diversity can be very touchy. I think when people generally hear diversity, they think, well, I have people of color who are my friends. I'm not um, against people of color. Um, and people move in very predictable spaces oftentimes. And so um, gingerly, you, I, I've learned to approach topics of diversity in a very ginger um, manner um, as not to offend, but also to be proud of who, you know, I am as, as a, a black woman, but I find that, um, somewhat of a challenge at times to, um, to grow and develop in ways in which you are, are presenting your best self. If others are not ready to receive who you are as not only a professional, but then a professional of color. And so that becomes, um, a challenge because diversity, you know, Higher Ed loves to boast about, you know, we are very diverse, we're very open, we're very embracing of all color uh, cultures and uh, creeds and religions, but it's the how to do that becomes the struggle. It's how do you do that? Um, not we're not a one size fit all fits all sort of um, uh, group of people. Um, I, I love this book by Minda Hartz um, called The Memo, and I've read it several times. And, and if you haven't done so, um, she offers little tidbits in terms of how to navigate your way into any environment as a woman of color. Um, there's also a new book that is coming out, and it's, um, it's about 
people of color in higher ed- education. It's and the title of the book is um, "We're Not Okay." <laughs> Faculty of color, we're not okay, and that's not, you know, it's not an, it's not a statement for all faculty, and it's not a statement, of course, for um, all administrators in higher education. But there are um, there are spaces where uh, people of color are they're not necessarily heard in the same way as others may be heard. They're not um, mentored or or given the same level of guidance as some of the others are. Um, They don't advance their careers at a similar or rapid pace um, as some of the others. There's a lot that goes into how people of color become um, mentored within their careers within higher ed. There's a lot that has been done, but there's certainly more work that could be done on that front. So what are some of the suggestions that you would be able to make, not necessarily to the institution that you're associated with, but in general, as we think about making strides in this area, where are we going wrong? What do we need to do? Where do we need to really pick up the slack here? Well, I think that some institutions, it it really begins at the top, right? So I have spoken to friends at other institutions and um, leadership matters. And so if leaders um, become strong stakeholders into this overarching belief that we value diversity, then that belief will trickle down um, to uh, others within the university. I'm not trying to um, make an example of any institution, just broadly. Um, if leader of an institution does not value certain things, then those value systems will not be displayed or welcome in other areas of an institution. So where do we, how do we start? Well, we start at the top. We start at the top. Um, if we say within a department or we say at an institution at the at the senior levels, we value certain levels of diversity and we value people of whatever background and we value various genders, and we value, you name it, then there has to be some sort of um, display there um, and conscious display of that sort of value system that plays out throughout that institution. What about this aspect that um, higher education is for a certain subset of people, and it may be elitist even at at its definition. So should that be the case, maybe there are not individuals who or are representative of the culture at large or representative of certain, again, subsets of people. What about that? I don't subscribe to that. I I think that people can find what they're looking for. So um, if if there is um, the belief that Education is for a certain group of people. And we'll just say uh, for people who are extremely bright, you can find extremely bright people in every culture. And if you find people who are not so bright, then there's a way in which you can cultivate and coach those people in into a space where they become qualified or they become Um, able to compete at certain levels, because I believe that anybody can learn um, just about anything if if given the time and space. I I don't subscribe to the notion that education would be for just a certain group of people. 
And that also bears in mind, not just the educational aspect, but those who are instructing or those who are leading that would just be representative of that culture. Are we thinking that there are, you know, those who can lead in every aspect of higher education who would be diverse, who would be representative of varying cultures? Well, absolutely. And and that's a very um, profound thought because representation matters. Um, And so as you speak about various people uh, being represented in every layer of of colleges and universities, I think um, that it helps it helps students. It helps other others to really uh, be able to envision what they could become just by your your presence. Um, Where I sit as the assistant dean, I am so much to so many people, so many students. So I have students who will come to see me and they will share with me what their grades are just because they want to be held accountable for a certain level of success. Um, If they're having difficulty, they will come to me and share with me what those challenges are. Um, If they're having personal issues, they will share with me what those personal issues are. Um, And they have shared that my presence matters to them because they wouldn't many of the students of color or, uh, or otherwise feel comfortable um, sharing with me. And I think that I really try hard to make my office a safe space for them um, to be able to be their authentic selves and, um, and help them to achieve and grow and um, see the possibilities of what they might be uh, able to become, whether in academia or otherwise. I love how you were just making reference to representation matters and that phrase in itself. That's so powerful to me. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I'm now I'm really interested in how that manifested in your own experience. So what was your experience with representation? Was it existing? Was it non-existent? Did you see people who looked like you as you were coming up and coming through school and and beyond? I did not. Um, that's a very good question. I, I grew up in um, the suburbs of Rochester and my parents intentionally placed us in suburban schools. And they did so because they wanted us to feel comfortable around others, majority uh, populations. And so that's where, um, how I was, I was educated. I did not have teachers of color. Um, And so that, that was, um, it was challenging. It was difficult um, because of course, as probably one or two of or three of the only people of color in my classroom, you know, we had to um, rise above a lot of things. Um, So we went to school in the suburbs, but we went to an all black church. And so there was balance. I felt that when I had the opportunity to um, enter a classroom as a black woman, um, that I would I would present myself in such a way that I would show the peop- the students of color that, um, you know, I wanted the best from them. And if the white students had never had stu- a, f- a faculty member of color, that um, I would also bring the best to them as well. 
And I love that aspect too, just to kind of go a little further on the representation piece, because I really think it's beneficial to everyone. When there is diversity, when you think of professors or individuals or um, leadership or corporate world, a diverse person who has a different background, you bring so much to the conversation. You're able to inform this decision-making in such a different way. You're able to move the conversation in such a different way because you have something different to offer. So I think that's really impactful that you're able to say this was intentionally what you're trying to bring as you stand before students or mentees. It's absolutely. And I, and I always share with my, um, my students that different doesn't mean wrong. Um, and so just because someone is different doesn't mean that what they bring to the table is no less valuable or no less needed. Um, at all. So different doesn't mean wrong. And, and actually different within difference, there could be um, a lot of growth, a lot of possibilities, a lot of excitement, um, a lot of a lot of positivity comes from difference. So what do you see for higher ed now? We're at this really great pivotal space where I believe our country is very cognizant of some changes that we need to make and we're trying to make it on all fronts. But what do you see for higher ed? Um. I see it's uh, that it's really fertile ground um, for just continuing to embrace um, diverse initiatives or diversity initiatives, um, and being intentional about um, who is who you have at, at your institutions at at the various institutions, and continuing to try to mold those people who you have invested in. Uh, to bring them there. I, I speak to a lot of uh, friends in higher ed across the country, and um, some have great stories to share about their ability to navigate themselves throughout their institutions, and some have challenges. And so um, I think that if an institution is going to take the time and the resources to recruit, to um, onboard talent, um, there should be a lot of effort placed to to just retain that talent and to help grow that talent because um, higher ed is an exciting place to be. Um, you're, you're just surrounded by various disciplines and various students. And um, once you're immersed in the culture, it's, it's, uh, it's infectious. Uh, but there's also a lot of opportunity to continue to grow and develop um, the the people who intentionally want to be there um, and want to build careers and lives um, at their home institutions. So um, I think there's a lot of work that has been done and and colleges and universities across the country should be applauded for the work that they've done. Um, But there's also a lot of work that still needs to be done. Um, And I think uh, there's an opportunity to really do some impactful things in the colleges and universities across the country. So I'm excited to see how this all plays out. And I'm with you on that. So as you're talking, I'm thinking about how are the students right now? How are they feeling in terms of do they feel supported? Do they feel seen? Do they feel that they are being adequately represented in the same manner that you're speaking of? So I do agree that there's been a lot of work that has been done, but there is also this opportunity to do more, this opportunity to reach and support additional students. I'll just share with you this very quickly. 
you made me think and remember my first teacher professor of color was when I was a freshman at UConn. I was a freshman at UConn. I'd never had anyone that looked like me before. And this professor, I was in the engineering program, go figure, right? I was in the engineering program. And this professor was in my civil engineering 101 class. And not only was he a black man, but he was Jamaican. I really felt seen. Let (laughs) me tell you, I used to try and crack jokes with him. He was wonderful. I did poorly in the class, but he was a wonderful man. And I really felt seen in that moment. And it kind of opened my eyes to, oh, this is a different experience. So I wonder how the the students right now in this current time period, given all the changes, given the push, I wonder if they're feeling seen. Mm. That's uh, that's a very good question. And I think um, some students may feel seen while others may not feel um, as seen. Um, so I think that it's probably, you probably get um, varying, um, various answers um, on that question. And um, I see some students are are very aware of who they are and the lack of representation as it relates to them um, or their culture specifically. Um, and others have sort of um, become just desensitized or used to not being seen, which is, which is not a good feeling. Um, some students might feel like, well, I've never been seen before. So why should this be any different? Um, and others might feel that, well, I, I, I don't know that it matters that I'm seen. I'm just here for, uh, to, to accomplish a goal. That's interesting what you just said too, that, we may have been desensitized. We meaning, you know, collectively, we may have become desensitized to kind of doesn't even matter anymore. And I feel like it should matter, but with all that we're trying to do, there's so many fights that are at the forefront of even just stepping onto the college campus or stepping into a higher education program, stepping into a graduate program. So many things are ahead of you. Maybe that's the last thing on your list. So as you're going out to inspire many and continue to be a light in spaces that may never have encountered a dean such as yourself, what's your philosophy? What's your intention? What are you putting out there as you go? It's biblical in nature, um, but do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So live your best life be as authentic and as genuine. Um, you, you started by uh, giving the example of asking, you know, if someone asks you how you're doing, um, be intentional about wanting to hear the answer. Be intentional about everything that you do because we're living in some very interesting times right now and a smile could, could matter to someone who hasn't experienced a smile in a while. Uh, hello, a quick conversation um, could matter to someone who has felt lonely. If you want to feel good, make someone else feel good. If you care about how others feel, um, then, you know, um, be intentional about listening for the answer uh, when you ask them a question. And and I, I know that we live in a time where we're very, we're rushing here and there and we're doing multiple things at a time. Um, but take the time to make time to 
check on someone to see exactly how they're doing. Um, I, I often tell students that you can really resolve a lot of things if you just kind of take a walk or sit down and talk to someone genuinely um, and try and figure things out. Um, doesn't work all the time, but most times it does. As we're in this space where we are really just trying to keep our sanity Mm -hmm. and move forward with intention, with conviction, um, I think is really wonderful that we're wrapping this all up with this is representation that matters. And this is asking, expecting to be prepared for the response, right? So I love that wrap up. And I see that all through this lens of equity that once we're able to get there, we're chipping away. We're chipping away at what has become a barrier to equity at this point. Mm-hmm. And know that representation in all of these spaces matter. So Dr. Skyers, thank you so much for just being a beacon of light in your space and showing up the way that you do for so many, for faculty, staff, and students. And we appreciate you talking with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And thank you for continuing these types of conversations. Um, they're very important to have. Um, and you're a rock star continue doing what you do to uh, help people think um, about what they do and how to become their best selves. So thank you. Love that. Thanks for listening in today. Special thanks to our producer, Renette Shefu and executive producer, David DeRoche. Shout out to the Fluid Truth crew for all their assistance. That's Jillian Catalano and Jake McCarthy. Music is provided by Audio Hero from their Jazz Lounge album. To hear more about all of our podcasts, visit qu.edu slash podcast. You can listen to our podcast on the platform or app of your choice. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at QU Podcasts. If you have a story to share or something you want to talk about, find us on social media or shoot us an email. The address is qupodcast at qu.edu. All right, that's it for today. Till next time. <laughs>